overturned about to a no contest due to the failed test. So what does this mean for you, DC? Well, I mean, you know, I was, I, I, I talked to Andy Foster and then I was like, man, you know, I, I, I lost. I lost the fight. And as a competitor, that's how I felt. And Dana White called me today and he said, um, if it's a no contest, then the fight didn't happen. He said, if one of you guys would have missed weight, he would have won the fight. You still would have kept the belt. He said, uh, because of that, he goes, you know, the championship is getting returned to you. Uh, the fight is a no contest. If he cheated, he could not have fought and cheated and still won the fight. So, uh, once again, I'm the UFC champion. Now, people will say stuff like, well, you got handed the belt. He cheated. And the reality is for me to say, I don't want this title when I was going to be in a championship fight anyways. Right. Financially, it's just a big difference if I don't fight as the champion opposed to fighting for a vacant title. I'm taking the belt. Right. And it makes a lot of sense. The same thing. If he did an illegal strike or threw a set of illegal strikes, it would be the same exact same thing. He would be disqualified and he wouldn't be able to fight. So he disqualified himself by taking a steroid before the fight. So it didn't happen. So now uh, I get the belt back, which is the right thing to do. And I'm not only saying that because it's me. It's the right thing to do. Uh, you don't cheat the sport. You don't cheat the fans. You don't cheat me. You have all the physical advantages, sir. You're 30 years old. You're 6'4". You've got 85-inch reach. I'm 38 years old. Yeah. I would love to take stuff and wake up every morning and not have to walk down my stairs sideways and just get back to training. Uh, it's an unfortunate situation. And we had one of the biggest fights of the year. And uh, once again, this guy has has made a mockery of the sport. Well, I know this isn't the way that you want it to go down, but I, I do want to congratulate you on, on being the champ, and you've always been a clean fighter, so congratulations, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. What's good, everybody? It's your man, the voice, Trackstar Sports, MMA correspondent, preparing to watch the Canelo Triple G fight. I've not seen Triple G fight before, but his record is impressive seeing as he knocks out most of his opponents i have seen canelo fight before i think canelo is phenomenal and he's a lineal champ so you know i'm kind of pulling for the person that i know however canelo's put on a lot of muscle for this fight and that could slow him down that could also cause him to get tired out and when you're fighting a knockout fighter that might not be the right combination for you may spell disaster we shall see about halfway through the fight i'll call back in and give you guys an update of how i think the fight is going so until next time it's your man the voice sounding off no me sorprendió nada. No, no, truthfully not. Not as I spoke about, not what I thought. No, it really didn't surprise me. Early in the fight, in the first three rounds, you were boxing very well. And then he started to come on in the middle rounds. What changed? No, obviamente, en los primeros asaltos salí a ver qué era lo que mostraba para después ir haciendo la pelea, pero gané siete, ocho rounds de la pelea fácil. In the first rounds, I just came out to see what he had, but no, but then I started building, but I, I won seven, eight rounds quite easily. It seemed to us ringside that by the last three rounds, Gennady had built the lead and that you sensed some urgency and started fighting in the championship rounds as though you needed them to win the fight. No, obviously, to convince, to convince what he had won. 
No, not at all. To be convincing in what I already had won. That's all. So Canelo felt that he won seven or eight rounds. What did you think, Gennady? You know, the way people give me, you know, draw, just my focus on boxing, just, I think, look, look my belts, I, I still champion, Max. I'm not lost, really. You mentioned that you didn't have a big drama show today, but you came in as the aggressive fighter. His job was to counter and box you and neutralize your offense. Isn't it your job to make sure it's a drama show? You know, it's not my fault. I'm pressured every round. I want big drama show. I want to give all people my, you know, big presence. Just it's my, not my problem. You know, just I'm very happy today. Just I come back to Kazakhstan, you know, to my country, just... And I tell thanks to who support me. Guys, it was a really good, crisp fight with change in momentums. In momentum, it ended in a draw. Do you want a rematch, Canelo? Claro que sí, por supuesto que sí. Yes, of course, obviously yes. Si la si la gente lo quiere, hacemos la revancha. If the people want it, yes. Este es empate porque no hay revancha. This is a draw, basically. He didn't win. This is a draw. And you feel you won. What about his feeling that you didn't stay there to fight him, and as a result, it wasn't dramatic enough? Ahí estaba, ahí estaba para pelear. I was there to fight. I was there. I did my fight and I said, I always said I was going to be a step in front of him. Gennady, do you want a rematch? Of course. Of course I want a rematch. I want to I wanna fight. I want to fight. Rematch or next fight, I want to fight. True fight. I have my belt. Just I want a champion fight. Canelo boxed very well, especially early and then again late in the fight. He says you weren't able to hurt him. It was a close fight. What would be different in a rematch? Would you fight him any differently? You know, just I have a couple ideas. Right now he moves too much. Just I want a close fight, Mexican style. Right now, just I, my experience, I bring boxing right now. Thank you, Gennady, for a terrific fight as always. Canelo, would you fight any differently in a rematch? He seems to want you to stand still. We'll see. We'll fight in the second one, but I win again anyways. Thank you also for a terrific fight. Thank you both. Jim. Alright, thank you very much, Max Kellerman. It's fascinating. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Damo, uh, calling in about the AP problem. I know the Saints have never been a run-heavy team, but I think regardless of the issue, the answer is to give AP the ball. Um, whether it's to soothe him from uh, being upset about not getting the ball enough, whether it was to trade him or to draw a player that you really want or to trade for a player that you really want. Um, either way, you have to put him on display more. Um, he needs the ball. Uh, granted, uh, he's been the focus of an offense before. He doesn't have to be that now. So you don't have maybe you have to use him as much, but you do need to use him more. Uh, I think it helps make the team better. I think it helps make the team more diverse. Yeah, you've never been a run-heavy team, but now you have the opportunity to kind of switch up your game and, and teams have to plan different for you. That's my take on it. Hey, Trackstar Sports, Jason Bordeaux here. Just got to say congratulations on being on an anchor-featured station in the sports category. 
love seeing the climb and love being able to, you know, contribute in a little bit of ways. And shout out to all the contributors for Trackstar Sports. I would name everybody off, but I don't want to forget anybody. But y'all are doing some great things, and it's been an honor seeing y'all climb. And looking forward to seeing what the future has for Anchor.fm and for Trackstar Sports. So, shout out to y'all, man. What's up, Trackstar Sports family? Um, I'm doing this call-in um, to Rick Sincere and the AP problem. Um, bro, honestly, AP was going to be a problem from the get-go. Um, and anybody that's followed uh, Adrian Peterson knows this. Mainly because, like you said, the Saints are not a run-first team, and they do not rely on the run. Adrian Peterson, for him to play at his optimum best, he needs the ball in his hands like almost every single play. Um, that's just the kind of person he is. And he's honestly not going to give you his full potential until he gets the ball in his hands every single play. And the Saints ain't that kind of team that will do that. Um, so it's just going to be a constant... Uh, TV showing uh, Adrian Peterson sitting on the sideline mad staring down the coach. Alright, that's all I got. Later. So, uh, then uh, there's things like like your how defined is your muscle because sometimes, for example, like in your legs in your quad muscles, which is the, the front um, thigh part of, of your leg uh, there's four different muscles there so, you know, how how defined are they each individually um, or does it kind of look like one big clump um, so it's how defined they are uh, uh, how many you know like can you see like the individual muscle fibers um, it all comes down to conditioning um, when somebody looks what you would call like smooth uh, that means like you can't that means their muscle fibers aren't very defined, um, and there's probably a, a layer of, of fat or layer of water uh, in between the skin and the muscle. Um, so they would be considered maybe like smooth in that area. So when you, if you, if you do watch the Mr. Olympia, um, you may hear the com, you'll hear the commentator say stuff like that, and that's what that that means. Um, you'll hear like you know, uh, oh his his. Uh, his left left quad is is down from what it was last competition, or, or his shoulders aren't looking as big, or his deltoids need to be rounded out more. Um, you'll hear things like that, and that's that's all what that means. Um, so they're looking for the person who looks the best overall, considering um, s- considering how it all works together as one package. So your size combined with your symmetry combined with your conditioning. And, and how it all comes together, uh, they're looking for the guy who, as a collective, because there's a panel of about 12 judges, um, each judge will, will you know, comes with their own scorecard, uh, kind of like boxing, basically. He has their own scorecard of everybody, and then, you know, they come together, and that's how everybody gets their final spot. So... Uh, Basically, that's how it's broken down. Um, the uh, the prejudging is I see I forget honestly I forget how the because uh, each competition does it differently to where uh, some some competitions are where the prejudging 
um, the prejudging will be 50% of your of your score, and the posing will be 50% of your score. Uh, some people, some competitions are different though, where they put more importance on one or the other. Typically, how you come out in prejudging and all, and how you look, is more important than the posing. Um, but the final round is also very important. The final round can determine, you know, whether you move up or down a spot. Because uh, because all three rounds, they they, uh, it's it's not all said and done until until it's done. I mean, every every round counts. So, um, it does take time to learn what to look for, uh, to learn how to differentiate, you know of what looks good and, and, you know, cause a lot of times, and I went, I did the same thing when I first started watching competitions, uh, for bodybuilding, you, you, every, you go into it seeing, oh, well, these guys are all huge and, and muscular, uh, and they're all like really cut and that's it. That's all you see. You, you're not able to break down, uh, you're not able to break down all, all the different parts and how they all work. Um, and have like a, a good eye for how that stuff is, and and it honestly just takes practice. Uh, I I I probably watched, you know, my first probably four or five competitions, not really knowing um, how to correctly judge somebody. Uh, but then after you know after just some some experience and all, I I, I got to better notice how um, guys looked and and. Um, I remember one year I was watching the Arnold Classic and uh, I was watching it with a friend and I told him, this is, this is going to be the top six. After seeing all the guys in all three rounds, I said, this is going to be the top six. And I actually got every, all six right when they were being announced. So that was pretty cool. I remember that. Um, but uh, it does take time to, to be able to look for all that stuff. But anyway, uh, Mr. Olympia starts tonight. There's all kinds of stuff going on. It's not just the bodybuilding guys. Um, there's many other divisions and and uh, and classes and stuff that that have their events, and there's even um, going to be some other different sports and all. So check that out. Hey everybody, this is Rick Sincere with Trackstar Sportsman. Um, I am sitting here with my sister, Kia. How you doing? Hey, how you doing? Doing well, doing well. Um, so I mean, all the time, like. Okay, here's what I'm saying. So generally, in um, in sports, you see a lot of, um, of I don't know, just kind of advertisement directed towards women, right? Um, they're trying to get women involved in football. Um, I mean, there's a whole campaign about it, right, with the NFL. Um, has that campaign reached you? Affected you? Do you feel any like you know compulsion? I guess to kind of find interest in the NFL. Have you been an NFL person before? Do you like football? Yeah, I enjoy football. Uh, to answer your original question, no, I haven't seen any ads or anything about um, getting women involved in football. I haven't seen any yet, but I'm pretty sure... Um, so those are missing you completely? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that's because I don't watch TV like that, you know? All right, all I right. believe if I watched more TV, I would see the ads and things like that. Or if I searched the internet more, I would see them. But as far as football is concerned, I enjoy football. Okay. There was like a woman like football kind of thing going on I participate now there is a woman's football situation going on called the lingerie league okay have you heard about this um mm, no no <laughs> 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 no nah, I mean it, it's, it's cool like um well I don't know it's, it's not cool for America but it's cool for like 
you know, women are going out, they wear like lingerie, right? They have real teams. They really play. Like, it's a real game. What? It's just the, their attire, um, you know, lingerie. is lingerie, oh, wow. right? Um, and so, I mean, but they have pads on. So it's pads and, and it's a real football situation, right? And so, um, does that interest you? Um, would I be involved in that? Not involved, not like involved, right? Would I, are you asking me what I play? No, I'm saying would, would you watch, watch it? it? Yeah. Would I watch to see what's going on? Lingerie. I mean, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind. <laughs> 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 it's not nothing I haven't seen before. All right, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. So, who's your favorite team? Uh, my favorite team. I don't have a favorite. You lying, yo? You said it was the Falcons. I remember you talking about the Falcons for I a long know, time. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. And then you fell off that, right? During the Super Bowl. It's just yes. <laughs> <laughs> No, no. I, I do love the Falcons, but I also love the Seahawks. You know, I also love the Packers. So, I, I just... What's the Seahawk love? Where did that come from? Yo, that comes from a long time. What? Yeah. When? Secretly. I'm a secret lover, yo. When? <laughs> like, man, maybe about four years ago. Over what? What made you start liking the Seahawks? Oh. I like the Seahawks. I really? Too many details, but yeah, I like the Seahawks. Did they get a guy you like? <laughs> no. It's no. Not that. It's not that. What was it? What was it? Yeah. I don't want to say that. Sierra? <laughs> yeah, Sierra's awesome, but um, no, it's not that. I just started to, it, I just started to grow a liking towards that team. Really? Yeah. Nobody just grows a liking towards the team. And you possible. especially. You generally grow a liking towards the team because they got some new dude that you like. <laughs> anyway. This is correct. But no, that wasn't the thing. I'm being dead. Like, I don't want to curse, but I'm being honest. All right. All right. Cool. Cool. All right. So you said the Seahawks. You said the Packers, right? Yeah. What's the Packer love? Is that a Lil Wayne situation? Like, no, what no. drove you towards the Packers? No. Um, man, I just, I'm just, I just like the team. Really? What about them? <laughs> I like how they play. You like how they play? Yeah. Aaron Rodgers? Like, is that your deal? I like Aaron. Yeah, I like Aaron. You like Aaron? Yeah. Discount double check situation? <laughs> Did that? Oh man. Uh, yeah. All right. All right. Cool. 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 All right. Cool. Cool. So, if there were um one team right um that you could like be a diehard for, because you kind of have several right now, right? But if there was one team you would be a diehard for and you would get tickets to that game, right? And you can kind of go in the back and meet the individuals on the team, right? Like, which team would you say, this is my team, that's the team I want to go for, and that's the team I want to meet? The Seahawks? Because of the guy. Ah, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. The whole thing is about the guy. No, it's, I mean, it's, it's about the team. If I get to meet the team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're all guys. It's not like they got, it's not like they have females back there, but, I mean, yeah. Yeah, Seahawks. All right, dope, dope. All right. Well, thank you so much, man. This is Rick Sincere. I'll holler at y'all later, man. <laughs> okay. So, you're you're amped to give it a try, right? Right. So, what's your first question? How do you stomach? A repetitive loss of your favorite team. Like your team always losing like. How do you get through that? How do you get through that? Um, so with a lot of people, it's very easy 
to, you know, to jump ship. You know what I mean? But for most people who are really, like, fans of a particular team, then what you have, whether foolish or not foolish, is hope. And the hope of next week is always there. It's always with you. You're hoping that your team um, makes some changes. So last time I, I hopped on the podcast, right, I was like, well, my team... You know, I know we lost last week. We lost because we didn't have any offensive linemen when we needed them. And we lost because we didn't have any cornerback depth. But how much is that going to change if you got the same roster? Well, here's the thing. I said, hey, they need to go out and cut Adam Big Hill. Go pick up Bryce Harris. which is So one's a linebacker and the other one's the offensive lineman help we need. Um, and as of yesterday, the Saints did that. Right? I mean, not because I told them to, but they did it, right? And so, with just that thing, with just that change, I'm like, maybe they'll be better this week. Okay. And that hope, oh. that hope makes me watch again, oh. right? Mm-hmm. And I should, I, there's no reason for the hope outside of the small change that happened, but I'm like, maybe this week with the new matchup, so you think about it, this week we play the Patriots. Now, we should get throttled. Like, we should get murdered. It should be nasty. And I should be angry again. Why would you anticipate the game? Why would you go through all the trouble of preparing to watch that game for four long quarters? Like, that, that don't make any sense. Because you're, you're setting yourself up for stress and, and, and angst and all that. That's not necessary. You just said your team was about to be throttled. No, I said Completely. they should be throttled. But basically, that's what's going to happen. We all know. Well, here's the thing. I mean, but listen, Drew Brees will hold his own against Tom. I know he will. But the team itself, you know. Well, here's the thing. So, Kansas City, the first game of the season, it was Kansas City versus the Patriots. And everybody predicted that Kansas City would get whipped, murdered, killed, right? But they didn't. They were losing initially. And then something happened to the Patriots. That one of the defensive players got hurt. And then he went out of the game. And everything changed. And then the Kansas City Chiefs started to win. And not only did they win, but they won in dominating fashion. And before the game, only a few people had that type of hope in them. But during the game, it changed. And everybody was like, oh, snap. They may do this. And then when they did it, everybody was like, wow. It was shocked. Because the game isn't played on paper. And it isn't played in everybody's minds before. It's actually played on the field. And things happen that change everything. And then people are like, oh, this may be a lot different than I thought. And it's that hope that brings people back to the game. Hmm. How do you countenance all the long stops between each play at times? Hmm. I understand that too. Um, you go get something to snack on. Or you start talking to people about the game. Um, and if you're just sitting there by yourself, I don't know. We we kind of stomach it, you know. All what right, mean? so you go through it too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I noticed that when you're doing that, you're off to doing fantasy in between. Yeah. Twitter, you're looking at things to try to see what people's reactions are, and you're often trying to play ref and make calls. Yeah. And oftentimes you're right, by the way. So, 
I know this that much. Yeah, you play rough. Yeah, you play rough, but I don't like that. So I will be bringing my books, <laughs> and I'll read in between because that is ridiculous. But I get it. I get that. It is ridiculous. I get that a lot of money is at stake for them to make the better call, and not to mention the psyches of all the fans. So, alright. So you're going to give it a shot? I want to give it a whirl. Okay. Let me give it a whirl. Cool. And we'll keep doing these. Good morning, Trackstar Sports family. And we have yet another Saturday filled with college football and great games. Real quick, here's the picks from the college game day as well as my own because I like going up against these guys and seeing how well I do against the pros. First game on the list, Kentucky versus South Carolina. Desmond went with South Carolina. Rick, which was the guest um, picker this week, uh, he's a famed basketball coach for Louisville. He picked South Carolina. Lee picked South Carolina. Kirk went the upset for Kentucky. I went with South Carolina. I think South Carolina is too strong for Kentucky. <clears throat> Next game in the lineup, Oklahoma State versus Pitt. Des went, well, all across the board, we all went with Oklahoma State. Um, we all believe that Oklahoma State is too powerful and really a premier team in the college football league this year. So we all pick Oklahoma State. Next on the block, we got Notre Dame versus BC. We all pick Notre Dame. Um, I don't think Boston College really has a chance in that game. <clears throat> Up next, Oregon versus Wyoming. We think Wyoming is going to do a great job, but we all picked Oregon to win this game. <clears throat> next game on the list, UCLA versus Memphis. Desmond went UCLA. Rick went with Memphis. Lee went with UCLA. Kirk went with Memphis. I really like Memphis in this game, but I think UCLA is going to edge them out. <clears throat> so my pick is UCLA. Stanford versus South Dakota State. Yeah, South Dakota State may play a good game, but Stanford's going to take this, and we all pick Stanford across the board. <clears throat> Kansas State versus Vanderbilt. Des got Vandy. Rick has Vandy. Lee picked Kansas State. Kirk picked Vandy. And I myself picked Vandy. Um, Kansas State has a really good team this year. But Vanderbilt. I think Vanderbilt's the dark horse of the SEC and can upset a lot of teams this year. Um, I'm going with Vandy for this game. <clears throat> LSU versus Mississippi State. Dez, Rick, and Lee all picked LSU. Kirk and myself are picking the upset for Mississippi State to um, dethrone LSU. I think Mississippi State has what it takes to beat LSU. Um, <clears throat> and I think Mississippi State would be a front runner for the SEC West this year. Um, of course, I don't think uh, they'll be able to get past Alabama, but I do see them getting past LSU. <laughs> Tennessee, Florida. Des. Rick, uh, they both picked Tennessee. Lee picked the upset for Florida. I honestly don't see Florida um, having that great of a game today. Um, so Kirk and myself went with Tennessee. <clears throat> Texas versus USC. Great rival game. Um, last time they played each other was on the national um 
sorry, watching the football game, and somebody made a great play to keep from getting sacked in the end zone. Anyways, um, it's a great rival game. Last time they played was for the national um, title of college football. Um, but Texas does not look great at all this year, and USC is looking phenomenal. So, all across the board, we got USC taking this one. <clears throat> Clemson versus Louisville. Louisville, the game of the week. Um, honestly, this game is going to be very close, very dramatic, and I see a lot of scoring and a lot of big defensive plays in this game. Um, Desmond picked Louisville. Rick, of course, has to pick Louisville because he's the basketball coach. Um, <clears throat> Lee Corso picked Louisville. Kirk, as always, didn't pick on this game because he's going to be the announcer for the game. <clears throat> Me, myself, I went with Clemson. Um, I do think Louisville has a great team. I think they'll be they'll be able to give Clemson fits on both sides of the ball. But I think Clemson just has that extra edge to edge out Louisville at the end of the day. Um, so there you go. There's all the picks for the games um, that you should honestly watch this week. And have a great one. Catch y'all later at the end of the games. <laughs>